The Greek myth of Icarus has been told and retold throughout our society. The legend of the young boy who flew too close to the sun and plummeted back to earth has been a comparison point for countless events in history. The tale of Heaven's Gate and its insane production is almost a modern-day adaptation of Icarus's fall from grace. Michael Cimino, director of Heaven's Gate, had been too busy burning United Artists' money to realize his career was basically in freefall. With stories surrounding Heaven's Gate coming out to the public, everyone from Hollywood executives to fellow directors to average Joes were waiting in anticipation for Cimino's supposed Western epic. With everything on the line, Chimino chose to dig himself deeper into his own grave, as his relationship with United Artists falls apart and his reputation within the industry turns to sand even before Heaven's Gate was released. Soon, Chimino will realize too late that he had cast himself as Icarus in the tragic tale of his own making. Michael Chimino's fall from grace, the demise of New Hollywood, and the somber conclusion to our two-part series on Heaven's Gate. Here, Unbombed. seem happy about it but they he actually started working ahead of schedule i read that he ended up three days ahead of um schedule in the cutting room well because because principal photography is not the important part final cut is the important part you threaten final cut to an artist i mean not many people even had final cut so like well nowadays you're never given final but he also got that blank check which was even worse than probably just giving a final cut the fact that they went in there with carte blanche when they agreed like i said originally they said seven million they ironed out 11 million but then they were like okay you could just kind of over you know run that yeah. budget however the fuck you want exactly and by the end of principal photography uh how much was the budget run Ooh, i have one right here we got 30 million dollars by the end of filming by the end of principal photography okay. yeah because i got the total and how much 44 million. and how much is that in today's dollars a hundred million twelve million eight hundred and eleven thousand one hundred and fifty seven point oh two cents Honestly, not that bad by today's standards. Yeah, that's about. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. That's it's, it's worse now. It's and it's a little worse. So he yeah. was in that See, editing room. He would have he would have fucking like if if he was making Chimino was making Heaven's Gate in the today's climate with like Netflix desperate to get a Best Picture award. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, it would be in a whole fucking that, different like, animal. The Irishman, like it'd just be like if, okay, like how Scorsese much had done like The Irishman in 1980. He well, Netflix get, like, has a bottomless pit of debt. Oh, oh yeah, that's different. Like oh, yeah, yeah. That, no, their, I'm just their saying. Their carte blanche blank check is different than like UA. 
UA is a small studio too. Like they're not at this point. Oh, yeah, 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 they yeah, were yeah. still not. You got also. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, UA was in deep it's shit just, because it's, just, it's not that bad if you compare just, it to now. But yeah. if you compare it to, oh, yeah, no, no, what's going on there, with there UA? Was, the where, budgets were way different back yeah, then. No, yeah. I'm aware of that because now. But like even then, like sometimes me and Matt talk about this. We often wonder what's going to be like what the big the current Hollywood's have new, the new like we often use oh, like you know, what's going to be the for, new, like, superhero films like where's yeah, going to be the tipping the, point what's going to be the heaven's gate of superheroes films yeah I'm thinking well I mean it, it, nothing it seems like yeah. everything's I mean, just it, I mean even almost even to be honest even happened, dis- between we, Batman and Super Batman v Superman and uh, the fucking Justice League movie that was kind of like a mini heaven's gate because that kind of yeah. Like, yeah, that kind of led to like hell that Warner retooling everything yeah. they fucking Shit. did. We almost like saw something too recently with like Black Widow, but that also, but that, that also had the that made that made. I think it, it did like profit. yeah, but it did have like it was sluggish. But then you could still do. But like that's the, because of the pandemic. Like yeah, a Marvel no. feature like that would have made was, money regardless. There was like you know certain stuff about it, not coming from a, fucking Disney may, Marvel may, had may a printing add, press like a gold. Yeah, yeah, but press. may I add a lot of like the stuff talking about like the issues with its release, not coming from incels. So that's something. It wasn't. It wasn't like bullshit coming from that yeah Yeah. oh yeah the small sad steps that we made yeah there was there was there was like actual like actual legitimate critiques of like the the release of black widow that wasn't coming from incels and shit like that you know (laughs) lucky us so So, like so like i feel like it's like maybe it's coming you know i don't know but we also live in an era like i said like these big companies could just eat that like i feel like because they turn profits all the time like they're never gonna let a loss be a big nuts and then you know yeah and you know you gotta like Hope to God, like, you know, fucking like American cinema is like best thing right now is like eight twenty four. I will like, say, yeah. I'm not an obsessive about that stuff. I mean, I have my some issues with some of the stuff they release, but it's like the best thing we got right now, and well, it kind of sucks. I will know? say because you know me, I'm, I'm more of a comic book nerd and like yeah, you know guy yeah. than you are because you were reading like Polish comics when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Polish, it was but Donald Duck. Shang Chi you know? actually was a really great movie. I just saw it the other day. Mm-hmm. Well made. It was actually done by the director who did um, uh, Short Term Twelve, which was like, yeah. this great short oh, film yeah. that turned into a feature length. And I mean, of course, it had our boy in there, uh, Mr. Wong Kar Wai's you know star actor Tony. Tony. Tony uh, how do you say his name? Leung. Leung. Is it Leung? Something like Leung or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. was fucking spectacular in it. Like, and that was one of those things. Like, I was like, I wish people utilized like actors like that more in Marvel movies because he was. He played like a villain, but he played a villain that could have been out of a movie like Heaven's Gate or The Deer Hunter. It's, it's, you know, where it's like, well, you know, it's good for where you, you actually good saw for like someone like uh, Tony Leung. I'm sorry, could, this isn't a Marvel podcast. Oh, yeah, this you know, is, yeah, could, I was trying could, to get us could, back on the rails. I know, it, but you know, you I'm guys actually, wanted. You wanted to talk about comic books for t- five he gets, minutes. He's a guy who doesn't know comic books. I'm he, sorry. You know, good for Tony Long. He could buy like a ten more Cartier watches with that Marvel paycheck. <laughs> Yo, fair for him. Yeah. But the, back to the, the editing point room. I was trying to say was, it's not that like comparing it to the budget of now right, to right, then. Right, 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 right. More so, the issue is is that during this time, mm-hmm. UA was eating yeah. dog shit. Like they no, had a success. Was their most one of their most successful years, though. But you have a list. Yeah, I had I had some of their successes, which no, no, you had a list bombs. of of the films that were coming out oh. at the time, like Peter Bogdanovich's Love United Artists, though. Yeah, but, but um, I do have but a whole. This is point. sort of well, where you know a lot of people like to point out that like they, okay, they, we'll take they, this turn. they say that like you know Heaven's Gate is like it was kind specifically of... the end of the new Hollywood period that it was just the abrupt end to it. Yeah. But like I mean, a lot of things, things just don't happen out of thin air. No, there are buildups to it. The same thing with grunge it didn't happen it overnight didn't happen overnight you had releases by who could do and 
Jane's Addiction and R.E.M. And then the Big Bang that was Nirvana and Pearl Nirvana Jam. was great and all, but like we all it forget the Melvins got, existed. Yes, uh, the Scratch Acid. And then, you know, I guess yeah, the no. Feelies too, and, 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 and so on what and so that, forth. was uh, that, Mother Love Bone? They existed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> they yeah. were a band. I mean, yeah, Heaven's yeah. Gate was like the big uh, bomb, but I think, like I said, if that was a one-two punch, like the finisher was actually one from the heart. Yeah, that was cost, the big that's it cost thing. the studio twenty six million dollars. It made six hundred and thirty six thousand dollars. Yeah, that's... so it lost twenty five million three hundred and sixty four thousand yeah. dollars. Coming soon to the Bombcast. That story's fucking insane. Fucking like, one from the heart. Insane. The one with the Heaven's Tom Waits score, money, right? It, it yeah, lost... the Tom Waits score, and it was like a musical retro. Heaven's Gate did lose more money, but it, compared to how much it made, it, it was still less. It's yeah, right? it's it, like the only reason why Heaven's Gate gets all the rap is because like you compare it to now money, the budget for it is about the same size as like Avengers Endgame, yeah. and then it made the same amount amount of money is like i don't know like an a24 b film yeah and that's that's why everybody gives it shit yeah yeah but, yeah. but like you know and also like all the stories and stuff that came like you were saying yeah, like you said, all the, like press, the, the press the press really that came yeah, out of it there which, were, i don't think there was much scandal with one from the heart exactly um, because it was all, also a passion project which is yeah. interesting and it's really because, heartbreaking too because coppola was like buying the actual studio lot like he was trying to like make this whole thing yeah. for like his artist and like you, you know like about, what is it from zoetrope studio american zoetrope it's like i was saying earlier the thing that it's the difference again it's it, it was coppola's own money i mean i'm sure like a lot of people wanted that would if like if it turned out apocalypse now was bad we're gonna like give it the same treatment as as to coppola, as, as, yeah. as heaven's gate the yeah. following year i think people were pretty like also primed it, up for that too yeah and they the were fact waiting that it for didn't... it to suck and you know you couldn't deny it when you saw it but no. heaven's gate like even though i liked it you know i can understand why someone wouldn't like it um yeah. but it's it's a it's a bit of a tough sell of a film it's you know? a very tough sell like even the last I feel like the first two hours are almost inconsequential. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, that's like, have been pared down and like sped up to get to the, the actual. The writing could have been a bit tighter. I mean, I wouldn't like put away like the roller rink scene. Like, you know, we like that. I wouldn't throw it away. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. throw it away. It doesn't but, need 20 like, minutes. It could be The Harvard even, scene could have been like shorter. The Harvard and stuff. scene. That's what, 20 Prop. minutes as well? Like the yeah, Harvard scene? Yeah, 25 minutes. A lot of elements. You could have pared down like half that at least. There's like a lot of elements where like. You know the story's a bit muddled a bit. Yeah, and I mean we can talk more about the cuts too, but I still want to talk more about the the new Hollywood bombs that kind of led to the yeah oh yeah sorry we yeah sorry yeah got a little we 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 still what was it at long labor's last or not Um, uh, at long last love was Peter Bogdanovich is that yeah that it cost uh five point one four million. And it only made about two million, yeah. so it really lost a bunch of money for the studio. I don't know, like I meant, I brought up before we were talking about he, it. Because he still they had some did minor that, success after yeah. that, but it still kind of led to like a there, sliding. Effect yeah, for, because like I don't know, like I told told you about the podcast Turner Classic Movies did about Bogdanovich's career. And they talked about that. And, like, the thing with Bogdanovich is that, you know, not only was he was, like, the, a big director name in Hollywood, he was also, like, you know, a celebrity. Like, you know, he was dating Sybil Shepard and yeah. shit. He was he was hot shit in the 70s, and he was on a hot streak. And then that musical happened. Paper and, like, Moon. by then, you, yeah, yeah, Paper Moon. Yeah. You know, by then, it, it was sort of, like, knives out. People were, like, getting sick of the pair. Well, because and, Sybil and Shepard. Too, yeah, like, people yeah. want to see someone fail. Yeah, while. yeah, yeah. That's, like, yeah. the thing, too. You know, like, journalists, you know, or critics, you know, see, yeah. you know, they, we. You get sour. On some they success are, after a certain not part. everyone's like a a, a a neutral barometer of stuff. People like people do like, like me. I want to see someone fall on their face. Like you want to yeah. see failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and going from uh, there, yeah. a second. So that was 1975. 77. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. That's 77. We had two. Ooh, we had yeah, sorcerer. That, uh, freaking. He, it only made nine million. 
the break even point was fifty million. William Freakin doing so a. So it didn't even make a. Was that a fifth? Doing of what a. Needed to make? Freakin doing a. An, again, another example of a hot streak, and then you know he tries to do a, 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 a quasi of a French film. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna say that off the a bat. French film. A French film. The a wages French of fear. <laughs> the wages of fear. Yeah, some a masterpiece. <laughs> a fucking masterpiece. Okay. One of the best thriller films ever okay. made. So he's like, why don't I take that and I could probably make it better. And there's and a whole thing that you can they, do a whole episode on that as well. Oh, opened up changes. all these movies you're mentioning yeah. are future episodes. Opened a up, lot of cast op- changes. It opened up the same weekend as like Star Wars, I think, which was no. It opened oh up. Boy. It opened up like a week, I think a weekend or two after Star Wars. I think. Uh, okay, but it still Star Wars was so oh, yeah. powerful that yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it actually just built but, momentum. So the third week of Star Wars was better I, than anything. Star I haven't seen do. Sorcerer, but I've seen Wages of Fear, and it's a phenomenal. I'll be honest, movie. I've only seen the opposite. I've only seen Sorcerer, and I've never seen Wages of Fear because you know, as a younger person, I saw. That movie, and I was like, okay, that was something. Yeah. Why am I going to watch another uh, one of it? it and it didn't impress me. or something. Um, a great movie. Great movie. The way there were a lot of choices to get it done better on that. But then the same year as well, New York, New York, it essentially broke even. It cost like $14.5 million to make for Scorsese. Mm-hmm, it made about mm-hmm. $16 million, but still. He made a bunch on Taxi Driver. He was making some good money on some of his earlier films as well. I think Alice doesn't live here anymore. You and know, you know. I think I don't know. Like that's that's a movie that I. That's one of those films that I keep forgetting. That's Scorsese. New York, New York. Yeah, New York, New York. I've only seen it like, once. It was all right. It was actually more enjoyable. I, I, than I like, need to see that one. Yeah. Everybody, everybody turns around. Right. Everybody turns around and is like, "Oh my god, I fucking hate like gangs in New York." Or like they say, like Kings of Comedy is like his weakest thing. Dude, that's but ma- like King of Comedy and After Hours are unsung masterpieces. Yeah, they're but, great. Yeah, but even that, like, I haven't. The even... '80s was a surprisingly interesting period for Scorsese. Yeah, he, yeah, he was left in the wilderness, though. He, he was he, in the wilderness. The studios like but it fucked did him over. Produce some interesting stuff. Of course. Like I said, after New York, New York, and then Raging Bull, which yeah. should have won Best Picture. Like but, Raging Bull, probably one of his best movies. Unironically, probably like top three. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, either. it's been a while since I saw it, but it, yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal. It's still, a Twenty-something-year-old guy, I always watch yeah. Taxi Driver over and over again. Yeah, fuck yeah, in that, the dark every, while I would just look, sit on the floor and watch it. Look, Taxi Driver's great and all, but if you haven't seen Raging Bull. Oh my god! Genuinely, that go scene, watch *Raging Bull*. It is, scene, watch, look, it is the best sports watch, movie. Watch, that scene watch made me appreciate every, a good steak. I will say that. Watch yeah. every Scorsese movie. In yeah. fact, I mean, or even just, his even his failures are interesting. No, you know, he he he. I always say he doesn't make a bad movie. Even his failures, you yeah. say, are very interesting films. Yeah. Um, I actually Boxcar love *Bring Up the Dead*. Bring out the dead. <laughs> I think that's actually a really good film. Yeah. I have not spoken to anyone that yeah, likes yeah, yeah. Bring Out the Dead. But, <laughs> uh, written by Paul Schrader, too. I think yeah. it was their last collaboration. Ooh, but Paul I was going to say, that scene in Raging Bull when he just gets into his uh, brother's house and just starts beating the shit out of him and <laughs> his family. Oh, my God. So much yeah. fun. Like, I love it. It's so God. great. Yeah, where he just beats the shit out of Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. beautiful. In front yeah, of you fuck my mask. wife! <laughs> you right fuck my wife! That'll emasculate an Italian man right there. Just have your kids and wife see you getting beaten down. It's a, it's a it's a it's every Italian's like uh, waking nightmare, yeah, yeah. Or the, or the scene where he just starts like breaking down in the prison cell, after oh, yeah. he had, like a yeah, minor yeah, yeah, in his yeah, bar, yeah. like oh yeah. my god, Jesus, yeah. it's. It's a painful movie, but watch it, please. It's great. There was a few other minor uh, bombs on here. Like uh, one, I didn't even realize Spielberg's uh, 1941. Oh, 1941. Yeah, that's on the queue. I have to talk about it. It was and a bomb when it came out, but it says it keep, I keep finding it says it made money. I think that's on uh, like VHS. Oh yeah, it made a lot returns. in VHS sales, and I think overseas. But, it became um, huge. Uh, it still was a minor bomb for Spielberg. And then last but not least, like we said, was Coppola's one for the heart. That was kind of the knockout punch for this era. All these auteurs. 19, that- 1941's interesting because like 1941, I might do like a block series of just. 
just like Joe Pet, uh, John Belushi movies. I was about to say Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe yeah, Pesci. Yeah, 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 John yeah. Belushi movies. That would be because good like nineteen forty one Neighbors. Oh my god, what's oh, the yeah. the one that he was like trying to do a serious thing and he was like I'm really excited for it. I think it's it's not called Internal Affairs. It's something some shit. He he was. Are do- you talking about the one from like the the late the eighties? He, he got clean for it and was like I'm really excited for this film. I I think this is my star breaking move we'll and it check failed and he just relapsed and got back on cocaine and heroin like <laughs> wow. it's there is a lot john belushi oh i i cry a little bit thinking about him every time but um it was cool when he brought fear onto snl yeah that was when he brought dude that was such a cool that was probably one of the best moves in snl history young young ian mckay was one of the slam dancers really yeah i'll have to go back and watch that he like he drove up with like henry rollins to go there from dc I didn't even bring Altman into this, but he had a series of bombs in the, the late 70s. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't yeah. figure out which ones made money and which didn't. It was hard yeah. for me to find online. It was almost like the the new Hollywood that killed the the late 60s, like, over-rod, yeah. over-budgeted musical mess yeah, nightmare. Yeah, the sort of yeah, that, just like whatever studio, like, fairs that yeah, they had. Yeah, also and it's now like, it was coming back to haunt them. I think, like, also that ended, I think in the end of the 70s, too, also saw, like, you know, the hotshot producer Robert Evans had hit, like, uh, the skits, too, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like, at the beginning of the 70s, you know, they, oh, him yeah. and he Coppola, was, was like, like, they really, like, hit you know, it Robert, off. Robert Godfather. Evans was, like, a fucking king, you know. In, but, the, in, the, sev- but, in the early yeah, 70s, but yeah. But by the end of the decade, he was, like, hitting the rocks and shit like that. Yeah. And if any, I mean, if any other. Also, you know, director, hitting the rocks because of all the cocaine he did, you know. <laughs> but besides any director we named, I think, like, Evans is probably one of those people that really led to this new Hollywood, yeah. like, golden mm-hmm. era. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like UA, like greenlighting all these films and allowing like these artists to actually have full creative control. Yeah, it Essentially, was. I think they said in the one documentary we were talking about, like as long as they greenlit your project and said like, okay, you can go make a movie. They didn't come check your dailies every day. They weren't up your ass about like what you were doing on set. They gave you full control. They believed you know in the and artist. This was the. Uh, the chicken coming home to the roost, I guess, yeah, with and then, uh, Heaven's Gate. Well, I mean, like, there, you know, there, there's a bomb here and there, and then there's, you know, there's, yeah, you know, even it. with Sorcerer, you could look at it like, well, you know, bad timing. We shouldn't have put it. I think Chimino really abused that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chimino yeah. basically was like, not even a, hey, you guys trust me. It was a, it's my show now. But the directors, you. like, usually tried to, I mean, even, like, I know Freaking was talking about, like, he kind of had a lot of arguments and, like, back and forth fights with the producers on Sorcerer and, like, the studio, but still, would kind of, you know, at least be respectful enough to know, like, this isn't all my game. Like, he's exactly. not going to be an egomaniac. He and- wouldn't, you know, hire personal guards in front of the editing <laughs> yeah, bay like right. Michael Cimino that's did. fucking right. Or yeah. like, another famous one is that he he changed the locks himself. Yeah. He changed the locks. Mm-hmm. He barred the doors. Like, when the principal photography was done, Cimino and United Artists were basically on, like, fuck you, fuck you terms. Not even bad terms, like burnt bridges terms. And it was so bad that David Field left. He left the company. And so Stephen Bach was the only person to oversight this entire project. And he was having problems with Chimino. They were yelling at each other. Chimino asked for $5.2 million to shoot the prologue. The thing no one wanted. Oh, yeah. And I think that they only agreed on that when they got him to agree to the constraints that they had about the shoot dates and even the final cut. Well, no, they gave him $3 million and said that's all we're going to give you. But they also had sure. some more strings to it, yeah. too, I think, which was uh, making sure he was very signing strict, on to Very those. on time. They had somebody on the phone every day to be like, okay, today's shoot went well. And they said if one minute goes over, 
you're, you're not having a prologue. And he's like, all right, sure, fine. He his was, era of being an artist and like allowing to find yeah. his creative passion was over now. And so he cuts up this movie throughout March of 1980 all the way down to Something June. Else, I don't think you mentioned that this film, it took 11 months to shoot. It went from April to March. It was initially supposed <sighs> to be released, I think, Jesus. November of 1979. The shoot yeah. date was only supposed to be 60 days. Yeah. It yeah. took 11, 11 months. months. Jesus. 11 months. April now to that's, March. Sure, he may have beaten Coppola on the feet of film, but he didn't beat Coppola on the amount of time spent filming. <laughs> the amount of actors he almost killed. <laughs> yeah. He should have just made Chris Christopherson have a heart attack in order to make the <laughs> like shoot. <crawl> yeah. <laughs> just, just like Chris Christopherson like crawling through Yellowstone Park yeah. <laughs> back to help, you know? He's like, Martin Sheen crawled for three miles, so you got to crawl for four miles. So June 26, 1980. Chimino brings his work print. He gives it to United Artists. This is probably my favorite story from this whole thing. He goes to the screening with all these UA producers. Steve Bach asks him, do we have a final cut? Chimino says, and I quote, I think I can cut off about 15 minutes. And that that cut was That cut was five hours and 29 minutes long. 325 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Listen. All right. That's nothing. All right. Have you ever seen the Soviet version of War and Peace? Sergei Bondachuk's eight-hour version of War and Peace. Split into two films, wasn't it? When it was like released originally. What's the What's the other one? What's that eight-hour Holocaust? Showa. 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 And then kind of different though. Like people don't go into that being like. And then you got that like what's his name? The Filipino director who makes like ten-hour movies all the time. I his name is escaping me, but he he. Anyone knows? Please email. I can look it up, but I don't want to drag time. And then you got the Argentine film La Flor. That's like very long. Out one, you know that French movie okay. that's like really but fucking not, long. Yeah, the average Chil- cinema goer doesn't you're, have the fucking time. Chi- the average Chil- cinema goer is a child. All right, <laughs> children's complaints. Yeah, children. We are racist. adults. We need to be watching. Do you know how much time people have long in a day? movies and listening to listening to warp three re- white to guys in to, a garage yell about to, Heaven's Gate. We need to. We need to. We are adults. We need. As adults, adults need to watch long movies. People and, work too many and, hours. And listen, they don't have enough time at home with their and families. And listen to Outtaker records and and fucking Warp record shit and 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 <laughs> and like and Steve Reich scores and and watch like slow this is television. The best bit for the podcast so far. I, yeah, right. My 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 character, my like the character Matthew Colmar, because basically like what I'm doing right now is basically like the same complaints as like you know like Save the West guys, <laughs> but except it's like for like fucking like intense art basically yeah, of any types art. music film okay so <laughs> the movie was five hours and 29 minutes long he was supposed to bring in a three-hour cut the battle sequence the <sighs> notorious battle sequence where a rocks. horse blew up it rocks i don't even think we fully talked about the battle we sequence. haven't talked we rocks. haven't talked about that ending climax There's, we've we been here for hours and we still haven't even yes, talked about we the haven't even sequence. talked about the last hour if, if like where we cut a lot of shit from this because there's so many fucking well, tangents. What's the worst so you know, version of this podcast gonna come out to? Yeah. Like, like this is definitely gonna be the worst like, cut of this we're, podcast. We're, we're two hours away. in of this conversation <laughs> and we're just getting to the battle secrets, which takes up like the last quarter of the, the film. last forty 
45. Do we want to do yeah. a second episode or do we want to just Well, no, this is going to be just this is just going to be cut into oh, We are we are we are like near the end. We are I mean, we are we are near the end of the film and then maybe we're 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 getting there. I'm the the worn soldier here. I'm like we are nowhere near the end of this. He's weak. Matt's weak. Just so you know, this man is weak. I'm the only one here who's employed. I'm not weak. Anyway, <laughs> I work 12 hours anyway, days. Anyway, so the battle sequence in the initial cut is like two hours long. Like it was like an hour and a half, I believe. Yeah, cut? it was the original, original battle yeah, sequence. It was very long, yeah. It was the Jesus length Christ. of an actual movie. I didn't even see that. <laughs> or I didn't read that yeah. anywhere. It was the length of an actual movie. And yet, <laughs> and yet, the Academy Awards gave Sergei Bondachuk <laughs> An Academy Award for doing the same fucking thing in the Soviet Union's version of War and Peace. That was to, to cool those icy relations, or to warm those icy yeah, relations sure. with the Soviet Union. Fair enough. Was that in the five-hour cut of this film? The, the five-hour cut. The hypocrisy. They, the battle sequence was an hour and a half. Well, so in he pared it down hours. to like, because at the end, the final one we watched, I think it was like 48 minutes long. Yeah, the final battle sequence. And that's if, still. It, that's even if you include like the ambush scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, my, and, and honestly, my favorite scene in the movie, which we haven't even talked about. My favorite scene in the movie where Christopher Walken, first off, once the, the homesteaders show up and you have like uh, Sam Waterston show up, it all mustached out in like yeah. his like czar outfit coming oh, out yeah that was <laughs> that's a great touch you know because that's the thing with the movie there's like some good touches in the film there's good moments yeah oh yeah no it, he, it, he, he's that's such what a scumbag I, in the movie too you really just oh absolute piece it's of a shit. movie of great moments that's why i like i'm sort of like more on the pro side than like yeah. matt is yeah, so, but it, it's, there it's is these moments like, just surrounded they're little islands surrounded by like seas of bullshit right the right lagoons of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> so they get on the off the train they're all going on they kill Cully, the train instructor, who the we Irish have, like, guy, the they Irish kill him man. for the crime. Of I will being say Irish. one thing: <laughs> when you spoke earlier in the film, how they spent so much time with all the characters, yeah, like they do that just so they can be like, okay, we're gonna mercilessly murder everybody. Yes, yeah, like make it more everyone's ever, dead. Everyone yeah. dies. Everyone dies. Yeah. This battle yeah, yeah, scene yeah, yeah, where it's just yeah, yeah. women just sitting there cradling men, just being shot down. Yes, the battle. It's brutal, but they all get off there, and then right before the battle, and before Nate Nate Champion, Christopher Walken's character, gets uh, ambushed. Mo- down you have uh isabel uh Huppet, Huppet, yeah going back to her brothel that she runs and getting uh, i don't think they needed this <laughs> brutally raped yeah yeah that was By, something else yeah. too. i wrote down in my notes the i was like homesteaders. that that was like a very old school thing where they're like yeah let's just uh, put all that rape in there yeah, yeah that's, that's a peck and paw move they could still show her like cornered because she gets cornered and then that leads to the rape they could yeah. cut out the rape and still show her getting cornered you yeah, still get you, the you, idea insinuate you on still that. get the idea that she's when, in deep doo-doo you came over one time we were gonna yeah. pop in straw dogs and as i like put the movie in i'm like let's not go down this rape route tonight <laughs> let's not do straw dogs i was like let's go watch a comedy instead so i don't have to think about it but yeah no it's so brutal and out of place and they show up to the brothel all the other women were, at the were killed you already get like yeah that's the thing you you already get the idea that Bad shit has happened and it's gonna get worse. Yeah, like, so you yeah. don't need to add the. You don't need to you know, add it with like greasy exploitation. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they just to be like, oh, these guys are the villains. Yeah, and it's yeah. Already, yeah. You, you already know, get the idea. Yeah. You already like, know that they came with Sam Worthington. He looks like a Russian czar. We don't need rape. So, you mean Sam Waterston? Waterston. Sam Waterston. Sam Worthington is. 
Isn't that? Did I say Sam Worthington? Oh, yeah. Shit. Sam Waterston. Sorry. They showed up with Sam Waterston. <laughs> but so they killed two of the rapists. One of them runs off. Then we get to my favorite scene. Oh, yeah. Where oh, the yeah. champion shows up at camp, walks into Sam Waterston. Uh, John, John Hurt's Hurt, like sitting in the back. And, and yeah, the he's kind of like the, the admiral and the rapist telling the plans, walks in, shoots the rapist in the head. Yeah, just dead right there. <laughs> and I, I got to say, first time watching that, I was surprised that they didn't just murder him on the spot. Oh, just just murked him. Just yeah. murked him. And not Sam Waterston being like, what the fuck was that all about? Oh, my God. He was, you're not going to do this here. Yeah, he's like, you, you're not following orders. Like, <laughs> this is not where this happens. Yeah, because I don't know if we like, because it's like, it's such a long movie and we got like, because, you know, Nate Champion's whole storyline, because he's also like, he's part of the, the ranchers and stuff like that. But like, but he's he, only there he's, kind of as like a job. Like, he's yeah, not really exactly there yeah. for that life. He's like, this is Because my, there, there was an earlier scene we didn't talk about when he catches someone trying to cattle rustle, I think. Yeah. And then he tells he him, like, tells go him home, that, get like, back get your the family. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to kill a kid because he was like 18 or whatever. Yeah. And the Even kid calls the him like a 32. <laughs> <laughs> it's the West. Every every eighteen year old looks thirty two out there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, then you know, he lets the kid go, and the kid's like, "You're a piece of shit." And I was like, "You're man. a traitor." Yeah. He's like, "You're a traitor," and I'm like, "Man, you should have shot that kid when he had his back turned." Should have done it. Or when? But he uh, didn't. So it shows like no, a he's bit a, of he's a decent person. He does yeah. have like a some sort of moral code and stuff like that. And, exactly. You know, he's conflicted because like Isabel Huppert's character is on is on the list. And he's um, in love with her and wants yeah. to marry her. Yeah, at first he doesn't believe in the list until he sees it. Yeah, exactly. So it like it comes into conflict where they're doing like frankly amoral things. I mean, what they're doing basically is like ethnic cleansing. Yeah. In the film, you know, yeah, basically Eastern European. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's 1890. They don't even count as people yet. I mean, basically, you're mostly true about the way America saw that's, them. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to yeah, American we're not history. Real, yeah. <laughs> Like he was kind of like this mercenary who's doing it for the money, but now he just realized he also has a he's like a mercenary merc with a heart of gold. Yeah, and he goes the in and, and yells at fucking Waterston, being like, "What the fuck is this? Oh my god, why are you massacring these people?" And and Waterston does his usual speech of, "We have the government behind our back to commit genocide." And then he does that thing where he like <laughs> he murders that like tied up guy in like the most like pussy ass like way. Oh, yeah. Remember, way. He, like, yeah. Like, he goes in and he's like, with a, he like holds the gun down and he's like, bang. But he, like, yeah. He was like, he hadn't killed a guy before. Like, it was very, and like... It's, and it's so weird, because, like, Waterston is... It, like, his whole character is just, I'm... I, we need to kill these people because the land is ours. And yet, fucking, like, John Hurt could have been that character. And yet, all he is is he's kind of like the... Like... I really don't want to do this. Yeah, but he, yeah. he's like spineless. He's, he's just like the spineless little worm that he's almost his way. To he's t- almost like comic relief sometimes. Because like yeah. during the battle sequence, yeah, he's, he's sort of like, like he's standing around. And he's all like, he's, he's sort of like, oh, I wish I was in Paris and stuff yeah. like that. And 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 it's sort I of. I un- think it's like comic relief. I think he's just like it's supposed to show that he's like just such. Oh a yeah, weak, he's so sad, he, sad. Yeah, he's so far gone. But it you know it is kind of confusing because it's like you know you have that opening sequence with that speech and well, then. Yeah, like and then he, later he on, has that moment where he like stands up to him, but like yeah, that instantly well, dissipates like, after that. Later on, like I was saying earlier, that the 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 wheels that get set in motion in the film with get Chris Christopherson's phone is John Hurt's character informs him about yeah. the plan, about the list, and everything. So I found it weird that he like then spends you know, the rest it, of the movie it, like it, in it their was, camp. Like yeah. yeah, it was that that kind of confused me. He you spends know? he spends the entire time just like being drunk and depressed. Yeah. Well, I think that, like you said, they probably just wrote out anything else he had, and they're like just sit in the background. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Just yeah that's here. that's what I. I feel like what happened he was gonna probably be either like an antagonist role or at least somebody or, that like, i was thinking maybe someone out. flipped yeah like flipped yes. on that yeah, yeah, yeah turn yeah, into yeah. who would be jeff bridges's role but it's I like think. his 
characters like role seemed very unclear and uneven and just he just seemed like he was there and then just sort of like he plays a great drunk sad sad. yeah yeah (laughs) you know like but like it's just you'd watch it and like he would always give these speeches about like i just really don't want to be here are we even the good guys anymore? Are we even right? What is going on? See, he was the voice of the audience yeah. through most of that. And movies. then <laughs> he ends up just getting shot in the fucking chin while he's crying about not being in Paris in the battle sequence. Like, that was his whole character. And yet, what like, an he arc. sort of plays like this snickering drunk loser. Yeah. On the team Maybe of Maybe he's supposed to be like the East Coast dandy or something like that. Like, yeah. And even then, like, he's the only, like, other than Sam Waterston, who gets shot at the end in, like, the the worst way possible. I was going to say, like, for them building him as this villain and, like, the way they, they, that goes down, what he does to, like, them. Yeah. And he's just, like, bang. And he's, like, oh, and he falls backwards. And yes. you don't even see his body, though. Yeah. Like, I was, like, what a fucking Honestly, it would have been. Could they not get better coverage to, like. Honestly, they shouldn't have even shot that. They shouldn't have even shot that. They that had, also seemed pointless too. Yeah, that, like that whole, whole sequence fucking... to be like, oh, we need to explain why he, like, why Chris Christopherson isn't with Isabella. At the Huberts end, yeah, they right probably now. were like, oh, let's go back and fix let's it. just go back and fucking redo. Like, let's just have this added scene instead. They could have just ended it where fucking Terry O'Quinn shows up to be like, no, 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 no. We gotta escort these guys back. You shoot any more of them, you'll be hung for treason, and just leave it at that to be like, okay, evil wins in the end. Yeah. There's no, there's no law in the West, and that's a good ending. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. just cut to the epilogue where he sat on a boat. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, did yeah, his yeah, like, yeah, new yeah. rich wife. Exactly. With his rich, rich wife like, that he cheated like, on well, the whole time. I didn't yeah. like that epilogue yeah, either, yeah. though. I didn't. I was a bit unsure of it. It. Uh, How did you feel about it? Yeah, like, what... I was a little unsure. I do get it because, like, throughout the film, there is sort of, like, this epileptic nature to it. Because, like, that woman was, you know, you know, you would see her in the Harvard yeah, the beginning, yeah, in the like window. Was, yeah, yeah. And throughout the film, it was the the, the picture. Christopher Robinson's character had, like, the picture of her, him and her together. Yep. Yeah. But um, he was out there getting that frontier. Or... Yeah, and, but the assumptions, like, yeah, you the, would, like the average person would assume that she's dead, you know. You know what? And that's the reason I, I why think he's about that. Yeah, like... That was my assumption. Nah, he's just a dirty cheater. Yeah, yeah. As we know at the end. So I wasn't entirely sure, but I do get because it, there's, like, you know, throughout the film, there's, like, all these, like, this use of, like, kind of, like, circles and rotations and sort of like repetition the wagon you know, circling yeah, over the, and over like, again for you know, 40 minutes yeah the harvard the harvard the harvard sequence with the dancing around the tree yeah. they're doing these waltzes around and the that's thing obviously a then, parallel yeah to be and then, like the pleasures of life and then the pains of life or yeah like and then like, you know all the circle the circling through the wagon circling and then like when the the cal the u.s the the government cavalry comes in they yeah circle they circle around, around the as well they circle the, the the roller rink scene has a lot of circling around and shit like it's that. It's a motif. There's um, genius. It's yeah. art. Yeah, no, I mean, you know. <laughs> like I said, he's a big um, brain director. And then, you know, the ending is kind of like closing that circle in a way, you know, returning to the wife, but it did kind of throw me off a bit because... Well, I mean, I do feel like he did, you know, plenty of times when he was like it's, to it's, Isabella. He's like, we could leave. Like, let's yeah, leave together. Yeah, like the scene... Oh, like, I just, I, I didn't really was, like that I was part of it. I was kind of, like, unsure what to make of it. I, I, look, sometimes yeah, like, what you is just he trying to, to say exactly? Like, sometimes that's... you just have to admit, like, I didn't entirely get it. Like, yeah. Well, like, I, I, get, I didn't know if I was the only one. That's how I was kind of approaching like, that the way. I the use of the scene as kind of, like I was saying, an elliptical thing. 
but like in terms of like the story, yeah, I like, don't what understand he... what it fit into the whole story. Yeah, getting aside in a from, way, like, I was wondering if it meant that like he always was this like outsider because he was only he yeah. he only came here and he was there with like the people, but like yeah. he could have left at any time. Like he could have went. True, he was from Harvard. He was, was like that. There was, was like moments. He was a socialite that was rejected yeah. by high society. But he kind of yeah. that's the whole thing. But he kind of rejected himself in that way. Yeah, he was kicked out of that that film room. Oh yeah. Because, like, there is kind of, like, a thing where, like, um, in a way, uh, Chris Christopherson's character, he is kind of, like, you know, that, you know, there is a bit of a tradition of it in, like, American film where it's, like, sort of, like, the the, the liberal film hero, kind of like, you know, 12 Angry Men you know, with yeah. the you know, moral yeah, yeah. juror or, like, uh, you know, he, he's kind of like that because he's, like, the rich guy being the class traitor and shit like yeah. that, you know? so and, yeah, But at the end of the day, he just goes back to it regardless. Like, yeah. you know, like, his he's, stance he's, on that isn't, like, really that deep. Like, yeah, like he's just doing the right thing. Um, that that's like sort of the thing, cause like you know, cause that, that's one of my other things too. Like this movie being radical and about like this class war, like it doesn't really have like a deep message just, at the end about the thing. that. It's like like it just kind of touches the surface. Of it's it. so it's it spends more time with that love triangle than touching on the deeper yeah. meanings. You know, I have to say again, I do enjoy the film, but it's not without its flaws. But there are better examples of like movies and television shows that cover like the similar things like i said like shane for example like i talked about shane a bit earlier yeah. with it's like you know the, the telling the same story about the same historical event in kind of a much more moving way um then uh, later on you know uh down the line you know you have the tv series deadwood uh, uh you know uh, uh, david uh, what's his face um what the hell is the creator of Deadwood's name? God, it's not damn David it. Chase. I'll tell you. No, that not one. David Chase. <laughs> That's funny because like all like the big HBO shows from like the 2000s are all made by Davids. You know, you know? what they really David Milch. Milch, yeah, Milch. David Milch. You know, it's like the story they had, like, of an like, open like for David. So, like, if you're though, David, you can come in and pitch a show. Yeah, <laughs> even though it wasn't about um, you know the Johnson County War, it, the story was quite similar. Uh, you know, because it's like you know you have these people coming in, granted illegally uh, yeah. on like legal land native land but you know the government kind of like betraying the natives because they found gold there and like all these people trying to come in and start a community but then look who shows up it's it's uh it's it's hearse this millionaire miner who comes in and starts like paying off people or killing them if they don't want to pay them off and like the show is like i was like i think i mentioned it earlier in the podcast where um yeah, uh, it, that, almost, it that, almost touches on that it, subject. It almost, like it, it almost feels like like the finale of Heaven's Gate feels like the hypothetical be, like fourth of season the, yeah. of because like Deadwood was building up between the conflict between the millionaire Hearst and these people just starting to like start their own like business and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's yeah. sort he would of come like, in, he would just buy them out or like yeah, you know, he would buy them out or kill them, uh, kill them if he gets in a way. Like the guy's like a complete psycho- psychopath. And oh, it's, like yeah. you see that a bit with like the Waterston character, who's like you know just this authoritarian you know like you were saying he dressed like this like fucking czar he's wearing this like you know yeah, yeah. This, but he's not a guy for battle himself because once the battle yeah. starts mm-hmm. like he's the first guy out of there yeah going, i'm gonna mm-hmm. go get help and he like leaves mm-hmm. with like an escort exactly uh, but, while like, everybody else you know, dies it has these themes of just like the hypocrisy of like the american dream how like you know there's a whole idea where it's like you know you could go and you get your land and you could get your plot of land and you could become like this like millionaire if you just work hard enough and like these immigrants are coming in to yeah. do that, well, that was, but that then was a big propaganda in like yeah, the 19th century exactly. Exactly, like but like they don't have like in the film universe, they didn't have the backing of the government or the capitalists that were like making money off the land already, you know, because they were 
they they were not quick enough to get like the thing first. They weren't yeah, there first. They were there second. So, so like you know that's something that helps the film in its favor, where it's like its point kind of helps it age like wine a bit. But like the other aspects, it's just a bit messy. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah, I can see. That. It's definitely a film that could have used like a lot of like rewrite much more drafts. There like, should have been another draft or at least three. Yeah, <laughs> least and three. and a lot more like you know like a director having a final cut is like a very tricky thing. Because sometimes directors can't yeah, be. Not, not, many, not yeah. many directors even have Final Cut. Like, yeah. It's a very rare yeah. thing it, to have in the first but place. But, like, you know, saying, sometimes like, you need, like, a good editor to, like... Well, I said that earlier, like... Uh, pair out a coherent artists, story. directors in general, too. Like, yeah. you know, they need to have some restrictions sometimes. Yeah, they need, when you they don't need have checks and rules, balances. You can just be, yeah. you know, left mm-hmm. out in the wilderness and, and go off. And, and then you get a like, five-hour and 29-minute yeah, cut. Yeah. You need to have restrictions, like, time and things, like, to be like, okay, this is what we have to work with. This is what we're going to make out of it. the reason why I'm, like, positive on, like you know heaven's gate is because like this is a movie that could have been like much better than it finally came out if it only had the checks and necessary yeah, checks and balances like the vision in his head where he actually thought this yeah. was gonna be like a masterpiece mm-hmm. oh yeah but he needed to let people allow him to make that masterpiece yeah. instead of like yeah. just thinking that he could do it all on his own yeah he yeah. should have had like some he needed no men and instead you he know, was surrounded by yes men was, or fired people you know, that this weren't is, yes men yeah like if it was in the hands of someone else like say i don't know robert altman who's done westerns like uh, McCabe and Mrs. Oh, Miller. Yeah, yeah. It probably would have been a coherent film. Would have been difficult movie because and he would have been able to handle be that subject too. Like, it he would have been, been yeah, be that mm-hmm, for... mm-hmm. because yeah, certainly uh, something like that. Or I'm not sure. Maybe I don't know. Well, Scorsese is about to make a western, but he is but another. Uh, yeah, he's not cookie. really a western guy. Well, he's about to make one. I know. No, yeah. But, I mean, he's. Well, what he's do you mean? Fun. He's not really he's like a western guy. I mean, Taxi Driver was basically just a Jokerified version of the Searchers of John Wayne and the Searchers. I like the Jokerified. Joker that's basically it. That's churches. him and Schrader. They even said it. It's like, yeah, he's just Jokerified John Wayne. They and, use the and, word Jokerified. Basically. Yeah, in the 70s. <laughs> They're like, he got Joker pills. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's unfortunate with, with Heaven's Gate because it really did. Because, like, you know, a lot of times people will criticize American city, uh, cinema as being over-commercialized and whatnot and the artists. And there's a lot of truth for that. And, you know, that's, a, that's the sad thing about Heaven's Gate is that, like, it was a great period in American film. Uh, which saw a lot of like oh a lot of great art come you know out. it's like rare seeing truly like truly like you know stuff that's critical of like American mythos yeah, yeah. because Nowadays. like the director had like, like an uncompromised voice in that yeah, time where like they yeah. didn't have to have like a, a company say but, oh well I don't know if we can really but, say yeah, that. Yeah, that's un- a little bit un- too much un- yeah. but unfortunately you know that's the sad thing sometimes it's like you know even in perfect worlds there's gonna be these perfect worlds are gonna have dickheads you know yeah uh, is that the word you and, use? And, and, and <laughs> since then, it's just sort of like uh, since then, it's sort of like even bigger dickheads. But the, these dickheads follow the rules all the time. Who who count numbers and shit like that? They 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 call the shots now, and you know it's kind of like suits and tie the, guys. Yeah, yep, we could we could get into it a little. And, like and I mean, we're all because Michael yeah. Cimino oh. really needed that main boulevard in Casper to be. <sighs> Three more inches, yeah. three more feet apart. Or yeah, something. he needed he needed to shoot the prairie during magic hour. He needed fucking the scenes to be gorgeous and, then, and beautiful. You know, bye bye. You know, one of the best periods in in American cinema. You know, I mean, but you could also make the argument that like it was people at the time were kind of finding an excuse for it. Like in, we can get to it a little in, bit. In my way, for I, what? I want to get to it like eventually. Because like I was like thinking there, also how like at the same time you know audiences were probably getting tired with it. I mean. I don't mean like that. I mean, like, um, I have a quote here from uh-huh. the former 
president of UA, oh, okay. Andy, Andy yeah. Albeck, okay. who later on said Hollywood needs to take away the control from the director and give it back to the suit and tie guys. I mean, that's kind of basically what the quote. Yeah. And he said Heaven's Gate wouldn't have happened if the accountants had control. Yeah. And no, there is some truth to that. It's I mean, like but, they but, used it as an excuse is what I'm that trying That was one of the last things I had written down, too, that essentially, like we said, the end of that new Hollywood was the beginning of uh, the studios tightening control again. Them And even the producers, like, making sure that they're beholden to the studio and not yeah, these yeah. directors. Because- yeah, exactly. And now, and now you get shit where it's like you want to do anything critical of the military. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're not going to yeah. get, yeah, you're yeah, not get any funding for that. That's sort of the thing that's, like, unfortunate. I mean, you look – like, I was about to bring up how, like I, – I think I mentioned it to Matt earlier – just like the timing of Heaven's Gate, because it is like one of the last like major films to have a critical uh, vision of like the American mythos oh, yeah, come out, Reagan. and it failed. And it, this is like the year Reagan got elected, and like you could see how like there was such a dramatic sea change because people like you know viewers' tastes do change and shit like yep. that. Yeah, I mean, it started get tired with Star of, like, Wars though because people uh, yeah. wanted more oh, yeah. upbeat like film. A lot like, of things they were saying that that was kind of the middle of this death anyway. Though, yeah, seventy like seven was they wanted the big budget escapist fantasy. Yeah, instead, instead of, of like the sorcerer, they didn't yeah. want to see people almost dying on a bridge. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> because they'd gotten through Vietnam, they're done with. But it. at the same time, it's like you know I'm like speaking all this like doom and gloom and stuff, and it wasn't the end of the world exactly. No. Just as much like this current era of like Hollywood isn't the end of the world. Because like I'm always positive about film. Yeah, there's always good stuff no matter what. American horrible in- thing happens and, and that changes something because you know sure like a lot of the great new Hollywood filmmakers in that era were like struggling at, in the wake of the 70s after the but failure when of they Heaven's were in the Gate, wilderness they made interesting they made interesting films, films like, but yeah. also at the same time there was a new generation of filmmakers that were starting to emerge in the American indie film scene you know yeah. Jim Jarmusch the Sundance Film Festival was coming out you know Jarmusch and, and, and the yeah, Coen brothers Linklater's yeah, and those Linklater guys, yeah. So like a new way, you know, in the eighties they were. Really it, it, made, well, that's what I'm saying though. That they they were making a path without this studio funding. Yeah, like they were making more independent films then, that had their vision yeah. too. But and then you had the they explosion had to do it on... in the nineties with the film school brats. Oh yeah, got, and yeah. then and then it was sort of like New Hollywood Part Two, where people were like yeah, trying 90s, to throw like in money to anyone who could like make like a Tarantino esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 and then, yeah, yeah. That, then you get Troy Duffy it's, doing Boondock Saints. Oh yeah. <laughs> which, well, if I you ever cover that, please give me a call. How like how like nuts it is that Paul Thomas Anderson managed to make Boogie Nights his se- this tw- like he was 27 years old this is his second fucking film and it's like yeah I want to make a, a, movie two, just a very two and a half hour the movie porn industry. about the porn industry that has like a very like uh dreamlike structure not dreamlike more of a yeah it's it's, well, it's, it's sort of like, like yeah, 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 yeah it, it really it vibes it's a real vibe we're bringing back the vibe and like vibe movie. it's kind of nuts so like you know but you know that's a thing a lot of times, like, you know, I think that's, like, sort of things. Like, so much of Heaven's Gate's reputation is a bit overblown. Like, yeah, yeah. You both know, in the good it, and the bad. It, yeah, like, I mean, it often we, gets credited for destroying this great, fertile period for directors. But, but like we, I said. Like said, it was already declining. Yeah, it was already declining. Yeah. And it wasn't the end of the world because what happened just about a decade a later, the indie films yeah. started coming they, out. They and just stuff had like to be that. quiet about it. And, yeah. you know, even like small cinema, they had just moved to like small cinema studios. Yeah. 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 It just exactly. a new era came in. It was like, okay, you're not going to be given like the, you're not going to be given like Avengers budgets anymore, but you can still make these art house projects. Yeah. I think more of the issue is that nowadays, like, you're not going to see those things in theaters. But even well, then, yeah. the theater you, system's dying. Now the way anyway. you could. Yeah. I mean, I saw 
what? you know, sorry to bother you in a suburban theater. So yeah, how many people you know, were it there, happens. Like, yeah, how many people were in there? There was quite a few people. Not right. not not like crazy, but it happens from yeah. time to time. I mean, you look at like I gotta say, Parasite, I was talking to a coworker just about before, that movie, and they're like, "Oh, I saw that." So yeah, yeah. there's still hope out there that people. You know, see it happens sometimes. It's just like you're not gonna see it from like the main Hollywood studios. Yeah, the Hollywood like, studios. They still technically like sign the paychecks for these movies, but they but they outsource them to different studios and stuff. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll handle the distribution, ones. but we're not gonna fucking take the hit from it. Oh, no. absolutely, because you they're know? only looking at their bottom line. But at least things yeah. are, like all these smaller, like you said, like Fox Searchlight, all these. Yeah, other yeah, 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 like, yeah. These movies are still out there getting made, and now there's a bigger distribution model where you don't have to worry about like, hey, is this movie even gonna sell in theaters? It can still get out there on the internet. Exactly. So. Speaking of seeing things. Uh, November 19th, 1980. I'm trying to reel this back in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta wrap it up, guys. Right, this it's is what you happen when you have uh, I know. We let, we let Gore have some, too much free intellectuals here. There's no United Artists here to control us. <laughs> I know. We are all Ch- Michael Cimino. Uh, oh Heaven's God, Gate premieres right. in New York, November 19th, 1980. It is shown and debuted. This is the initial three-hour and 39-minute cut, I believe. So, uh, during the screening, Chimino was asking people why no one was drinking the champagne offered at the screening. His publicist responds, because they hate the movie, Michael. <laughs> I Like I said, that's a line that could end this fucking thing. That, that sums it up, but there's more. That sums it up. But that that's literally is that's the, the entire... initial thing. They go out. The following day is the notorious... Vincent Canby. Oh, the interview. Review. Or the, the review. <laughs> this is the one that has all of the hot fire quotes. He called it an unqualified disaster. He says, and I quote, it's like a forced four hour walking tour of one's own living room. It fails so completely that you might suspect Chimino sold his soul to the devil to obtain the success of the deer hunter, and the devil has just come around to collect. That is scathing. You have this review out. You put your heart and soul into this movie. You cut this movie. He wasted his whole summer recutting it because the producers wanted to cut his head off. They release it, and people still hate it. And not only that, critics are savaging it. Yeah. And calling it one of the worst things in the world. So Chimino then publishes an open letter, sends it to the New York Times to publish, that is a direct letter to the president of UA, Andy Albeck. Yeah, we had to air out the dirty laundry here even more. He basically says, President Albeck, please let me recut this. I want people to actually enjoy this movie. (laughs) Please, for the love of God, take it out of theaters. I'll bring it out and people will love this movie I promise you how low he's fucking sunk that like he at the beginning of this, he's like this golden child and now he's putting out an uh, open letter begging the studio yeah it's like ridiculous. it's insane it's fuck. he's basically begging them yeah begging but them to in this like, public forum that's so sad that everyone in the world gets to see this and Dave Fields and Stephen Bach have both mentioned that this exact move is what killed Heaven's Gate really yeah. because Chimino pulled it out of theaters Everyone's just reading the bad press from right. the fucking Oh, so it really viewing. got to build up, yeah. It's building up. And then April 24th, 1981. November 19th, 1980 was the three-hour premiere. April 24th, 1981. That's what fucking six months. Jesus Christ! After the initial something one? like that, yeah, yeah. it's around that. He time. releases the re-edited, yeah. issued footage, and now everyone has heard and seen how awful this movie yeah, and is. And the press is just loves this story because they're they, dogpiling. Yeah, yeah, they're they are salivating, salivating at this. It's uh, two hours and twenty nine minutes. This cut and the it's reviews, very lean runtime. Yeah, the reviews no better. 
The review's still shit. Do you have the Ebert one? Uh, Siskel and I think Ebert. It's even worse. I think the. Well, review. Ebert got his own little dig in. You have, yeah, you have Ebert's quotes. Yeah, well, because this was the second cut, Ebert said, the most scandalous cinematic waste I've ever seen. Because he, I guess, I don't know if he got to see the original cut himself. Oh, yeah. Um. So it, he said, it's the most cinematic, scandalous waste. Of, oh, I fucked this entire quote up. <laughs> We're going to go back over again. We're going back. Take two. Uh, he said of it, the most scandalous cinematic waste I've ever seen. And remember, I've seen Paint Your Wagon. What the fuck is Paint Your Wagon? It's a Western musical. Gonna paint your wagon. Again, gonna, gonna paint it, it good. good. Gonna, gonna use oil paint paint because the wood is pine. <laughs> Ponderosa pine. Okay, there I saw a poster like, who, of it. Who knew like, Lee Ooh. Marvin was uh, did such graceful splits? <laughs> <laughs> and we're, uh, we're quoting the Simpsons, right? Incredible! This is our first Simpson quote in the entire really? fucking thing. Oh my god! <laughs> and two two people that have the the like the first ten years of the Simpsons imprinted on our brains, and this is like the two hour two and a half hours in. Well, I guess they, they didn't have a lot of Simpson esque moments. But yeah, Paint Your Wagon <laughs> was like a disaster. Mu- musical western starring Clint Eastwood and, and Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. <laughs> yeah, Lee Mar- <laughs> granted, granted, um, that song he did, uh, the song that was sort of like uh, Paint Your wand- Wagon. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Wandering Star, I think it's called. Good song. Good song. Well, that was also that. What was it? Sixty-eight was that something during like the time that. When, or, like, that's the, more of the when the old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. That's like, sort of like you were talking about those musical. That's numbers. one of the last like barbaric yops of old Hollywood oh, that had yeah. come out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just as the like, new Hollywood was starting to peak. On, on the toes of uh, Hello Dolly. <laughs> Yeah, another, exactly. Another, another beautiful exactly. one for the pod. But yeah, no, Siskel and Ebert reviewed this. They shit all over it. Every critic from the New York Post to Variety were shitting on it, except for Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times. He was the only person that gave a favorable review for this. I think and he may have said that it was like a masterpiece. But I think he, he probably kept the director from committing suicide. Like has, that one thing was like he has, kept him from going over he the edge. He has quoted as to say, yeah, this was a true screen epic. But he also mentioned in another article later on that he has never felt so totally alone. And look an what opinion. happened. History has proven him right. Somewhat right. <laughs> you know, like to, to quote. Fidel Castro, you know, history has proven him right. <laughs> I mean, it did get a criteria. Or misquote Fidel we're, Castro. We're in the era where at least there's kind of a revisionist, not a revisionist, well, but that a, was one re- that I was re- concerned about reassessment. Too. Because like, the version we saw wasn't the original one. So, I, like, yeah. I feel like we couldn't really critique this in the same way. If we that, analyzed it on the two-hour, 29-minute, yeah. sepia-toned They should have put that on there, too, just to be like, this was a before and this was an after. But, yeah. like, I mean, it's an honor itself just to get a, crit- a Criterion release. Yeah. And, like, just to have them And Criterion work. did a fantastic job making And I believe, it, didn't it play at Venice, I think, when yep. they finished yep. the mm-hmm. 2012 mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Clay Ake and John L. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with, uh, hey, that was four years before his death. He, yeah, he, he rest, he rest easy, bud. Uh, right after this, Transamerica actually sold their collective shares to MGM. Oh. So United Artists became sort of engulfed with On that MGM. Right, I did right. have a list of names. We're talking about like the, it being like this corporate era, a list of like the, the changeover and the names. Yeah. Okay. So from that time, so it, you know, once they sold it, it became the United Artists Classics, where they started reissuing all their oldie films yep. and stuff like that. Uh, then it became MGM UA Entertainment Company. Uh, Ted Turner purchased that in 85, then sold it in 86 as MGM UA Communications Company. Shortly after that, it became United Artists Entertainment, then later became United Artists Media Group in the 90s, and in the 2010s, it became United Artists Digital Studio, where it is today. 
That so is that is literally what became that is of it. So it just, gross. I wanted to vomit in my mouth. That's I know. Depressing. It just got butchered and you know diced up and resold and packaged, packaged up together. Like yeah. the people that gave the green light to Heaven's Gate originally, t- they took over and they basically said, "Oh, it was it was the the old administration's fault." And and you know you have fucking Andy Allback, this, this weasel, basically saying that Hollywood needs to be more controlling to the accountants and less controlling to the directors. And then you got the '80s boom. With all this shit, like this, this is just so saddening. This is so depressing. Can we find anything hopefulness to end on? Um, is there any? Actually, well, like you said, the hope. the reassessment thing is something of a hopeful note. Well, I, I guess mean, there you is, know, there is, it, there is a nice silver lining. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, I mean, after your your movie's trash and your work is destroyed, you know, uh, like Chimino's career was ruined. It didn't really yeah, affect Chimino's the career. Ate shit. Yeah. I mean, a, Right it after didn't... this, if this movie succeeded, he had an idea for a film called Conquering Horses, what? <laughs> which was, oh, was a novel based on a, a Frederick uh, Manfield novel, and it was going to be the history of the Sioux people mm. in America, oh, and the movie was going to be entirely in Sioux. Okay. I'm yes. Sure yes. Really yes. <laughs> as it should be. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, I make it my vision. You're gonna finish to this live film, out Michael Cimino's dream to make a movie entirely soon. I'm fucking serious, <laughs> you know. Hell yeah! Instead, it, he had to wait five years before he could make another movie. Yeah, and Year that was Year of the Dragon with Mike Mickey Rourke, and oh, that yeah. ate shit. Was that still did before he, his he, face got all fucked up? He also wanted to do uh, the Fountainhead. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> oh my god! You know what? Okay, no. I can say I didn't like him that before, but fuck him. Okay. Did, oh, did Michael Bay working on the fountainhead now? It was him and Chris Christopherson. Oh, we're gonna work. Is Michael on Bay them. doing like a, oh, a fountainhead God. in like 2022 or something? Ooh, I think so. Fuck him too. Fountainhead. Fuck him and fuck him too. We're, we're talking about Ayn Rand's fountainhead. Yeah, yes, right? the, 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 the one with like yes. the fucking so said, like a uh, hundred fifty page monologue. Yes. right. John <laughs> Dalt. Atlas Shrugged. Oh, no, oh. Yeah. Atlas Shrugged is the one where he he spends like oh, hundred fifty pages talking about trains and how the fountainhead's the one with the architects. Right. The fountainhead's the one with the architects who's being like. I have Shut to say, by I'm surprised she wasn't no like one, an autistic see, teenage boy because it's a metaphor just, for the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What did like, like 800 pages about trains? You look, you, like, yeah, because like, I could see why he'd be attracted to something like The Fountainhead about an artist being like reined in and shit like that. You He's know? like, I too was an artist even though, reined in. You know, you look at like, you know, you know, Heaven's Gate again. It's like this like whole like, we, thing. We've, we've been spending know, like hours the, talking about artists being reined in. We all know the artist. It's sort of like, you know, the artist. You're trying to find a way to describe the artist. Yeah, yeah, sorry, we, I'll shut the it. fuck up. No, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but oh it's god, just, you're just trying to find more descriptive still, ways to talk ugh, about. What god, we just, <laughs> ugh, man. But after that was what? Just the Sicilian. He did the Sicilian. He, he did Desperate Hours. Which didn't he remake. do like a Highlander sequel or something no, like that? No, oh, no, I, I wish. He, uh, the last film he did, I think, it was called Skin Crawler. Skin nope, Sun Chaser. Sun Chaser. Sun Chaser. Ninety-six. I don't know why I thought it was. And that movie was so bad, initially it was supposed to be in theaters, they put it direct to VHS. They were like, no one wants to see this. Yeah, basically. And throughout, I think, the press tour for Desperate Hour, he was doing an apology tour for Heaven's Gate. Still? Uh, yeah. That was 10 years after it came out. Yeah. because Well, it, it killed his career. Every Everything was on time. Everything was on the budget. But then he never made money on no, any of his because movies. Because no one wanted to see – I mean, like you said, it was more probably about the projects he was only able to get than the fact that he yep. – 
no, yeah. didn't have any more talent left. Oh, on. 110%. And it's just really sad. Like, there's nothing happy about Heaven's Gate ends on a downer. This story, like, the, most of the people involved, like, the, the production staff, everybody got shit on. Like, yeah, a lot of people that ended their careers in film. Chimino got blackballed. Yeah. Chimino yeah. got blackballed. He still made movies, but it was never the same. Yeah. So the but, one producer who got out of the film industry but, was done with but, that. But. There but. is one silver lining, and it is a beautiful silver lining, and I think this is the nicest thing to end on. So Jeff Bridges owns a house in Montana that was the original Bordello house from the movie. Hell yeah. He actually was able to own that house. And Hell he yeah. And he uses it so as a nice. vacation home. Oh, and that's nice. It is so the, the, sweet the, the, and beautiful. The, you know, nice little vacation home where they, you know, staged a massacre of prostitutes. <laughs> Yeah, they still got some of the blood from like the the squibs. One on of the, the most walls. uncomfortable scenes in this movie yeah, happened yeah. in his living room. Yeah, where yeah, he now yeah. Has his children hang out. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think I was about to say it, but you know, um, a lot of times, sometimes you know, with certain movies, the actors will get thrown on a bus too. But that didn't really happen with. Uh, no, yeah, with, no, uh, everybody went pretty well actually. I think. Yeah. I mean, Isabella Willem Dafoe's career only skyrocketed after this film. Well, like you know, you look. Jeff Bridges has done well. Uh, Christopher Walken has done well. Chris Christopherson's He's career done... was pretty rough. Yeah. He yeah, he but was that's a like, little more some okay thing because you know he uh, he had some uh, substance abuse issues, I yeah. believe. But his, well, that's the thing; like, I wouldn't blame that on like you know like where it affected. Yeah, no, no, like yeah. it, that's it different. Impacted his roles, like yeah. he still did some decent he, work. He kind of well, he kind of just became a character actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and like I remember when I was a kid, like he was one of those people when he showed up in a movie, I fucking loved. Like, oh, Chris Christopherson! Yeah, like yeah. the world, the well, world's I didn't know his name, but I knew like that guy. The world's you know? youngest yeah. Chris Christopherson fan. Yeah, like I. I wasn't going, Mom, Chris Christopherson, can we get his the know, same his album? The or? same way you react to that is the same way I see when I, you know, I you're, see John you're, Hurt you're, in a movie. <laughs> you were like a child. You're like, like, oh, my God, John Hurt. I'm just imagining like a, uh, I'm just imagining like a young Matt, like a six-year-old Matt Larue, just like relating to Sunday Morning coming down. You know, it's a song about being hungover and shit. Did you have Chris Christopherson? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, nah, it's like, yeah, like, you know, we said John Hurt's done well, obviously. Terrific actor, terrific career. Yeah. Chris Walken, uh, you know, uh, Isabel Huppert has gone on oh, to dude, become one of the finest French film actresses of all time. You know, uh, you know, the actor's... Did yeah, they well, all came the out did great. Yeah, yeah. unscathed mostly. The, uh, the behind the scenes side of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like it, the acting was still really good. Still, you know, there's a similar there was nothing, line It wasn't there. like a, a movie where the the bad acting ruined this film. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the bad actors. It was. It, oh, and it, of course, it, Sam Waterston. Oh, you yeah. know, he went long, on to, uh, long, MVP? long, long, long career selling mortgages or whatever. Remember Liberty Mutual? Liberty Mutual. Right? Was it Liberty or some sort of like insurance company? He was like a spokesman for like some insurance company. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was like Liberty Mutual. I or believe it's Liberty. Right? Mutual. Was well, it? I thought you were gonna say he just sold propaganda for like twenty five fucking years. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you know. that too. Who <laughs> amongst us hasn't <laughs> appeared on Law and Order? We've all appeared on Law yeah, and I Order. Yeah, was. Uh, I think basically caricature. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I, um, I at least played at least one or two incels that were accused of being the murderer, but they were really red herrings. That's were you definitely... were you the one who killed me? The I dead was hooker? definitely. No, I was definitely Adam Driver in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. And me, say, it's like, you know, I'll be like in a scene where they have to like investigate a murder in Williamsburg. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm coming out of an LCD sound system show. You're like, cool show. Oh, God, a body. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Matt, I don't know what, like, what, what was your appearance in Law and Order? I was the hooker. Oh, you. I said oh, it twice. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the In the village, like a murder in, in the village. Yeah.
credits time. This episode of Bombed is produced, edited, and released by yours truly, Liam Wolf. That awesome intro track that you hear every single week is done by my good friend Jacob O'Brien. You can follow him at Vaulted Tadpole over on Twitch and YouTube for more music and video game live streams if you're into that. Joe McAndrew has done that awesome podcast art that you see each week. You can follow him at Joe MC Art or Joe MC Shut Up on Instagram. And of course, I'd like to thank all of you for sitting down and listening to this, whether it's on Anchor, Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts are held hostage. Thank you, and please, send a like, share it to your friends, send us a review, even comment underneath if you want to say that we're idiots that don't know what we're talking about, or that I'm an idiot that doesn't know what I'm talking about. Any criticism helps produce and build this podcast beyond the mild constraints that we're at right now. So thank you for your honest-to-God support. All right, so that does it for our two-parter on Heaven's Gate. Thank you all for listening in. I'd like to thank both Matt LaRue and Matt Komar for taking part in this two-part episode. I'll leave their socials down below. Wonderful guys. Big shout-out to both of them. Couldn't have done it without you. We sat through about three hours. We made a podcast as long as the movie. We did it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pass the biscuits. Next week, this is going to be a fun one. I got the guys from the Colonel Mastodon Power Hour coming in to talk about one of Mel Gibson's forgotten action movies. It's like a it's like a C plus film, but it was a silly discussion. It was a fun time. We're talking payback next week. Only on Bombed. Check it out. Until then, this has been Liam Wolf. Sign off.